This podcast is brought to you by Sage Hill, a social impact organization. Our mission is to help people be who they're made to be so that they can do what they're made to do. Find more resources to live fully, love deeply, and lead well at sagehillresources.com. This is Stephen James, Executive Director of Sage Hill Counseling. Thanks for listening to the Sage Hill Live Fully podcast. I'm joined today by my good friend, Dr. Chip Dodd from chipdodd.com. We're discussing our new book, Hope in the Age of Addiction, How to Find Freedom and Restore Your Relationships. Hey, Chip. Hey, Mr. Stephen James. How you doing today? I'm doing very well. I'm glad, I'm glad we're doing this together I'm in the big city of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Murfreesboro. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Hometown. Hometown. Yes, sir. Uh, Today's podcast, we are talking about addiction as a pandemic. And, you know, being sensitive with the word, like we're in the midst of a global pandemic called coronavirus. I'm glad you said that because most people don't realize that books are written a long, long time before current events. Long ago. And, you know, um, we we wrote this book last year. We wrote the book last year. 2019. And also... um, you know, as a as the director of the Center for Professional Excellence, which was an addictions treatment center that started in 1996, over the years, I watched this whole process grow and grow. And I started doing numbers back in, you know, before 2000. And we've been using the word pandemic for some time, uh, accurately and logically. So we talk about disease, whether it be coronavirus or addiction. We're talking about a widespread occurrence of something. And either you have an outbreak, which is like a one-time flash-up, you have an epidemic, right, um, or you have a pandemic. And an mm-hmm. epidemic is a disease that spreads rapidly throughout a certain region, and a pandemic is a disease that spreads rapidly around the world. Yes, and yeah. it's like all populations yeah. is kind of like the easiest translation. And what's amazing is that it, it a pandemic doesn't discriminate. It doesn't choose a specific group ethnic bunch religion social class social class it it is it is just a death movement yeah it's horrifying and we're going to talk about in a later podcast if we're experiencing something horrifying like covid how come we're not horrified and that we'll get to that when we talk about the invisible dragon because there's something the trick of addiction keeps us from the horror of, of the obvious. Yeah. So let's talk about the numbers of addiction then, like the, yeah. the, the stats. Right? Yeah. Stats are uh, frightening. And when you put them all together, uh, really, really makes us want to turn our heads. It's just too big to have to deal with. Well, I know when we turn the manuscript into the publisher um, and some of their resistance to even doing the book is why did they, why did we need a book about alcohol and drugs? Yeah. In fact, let's yeah. go back and tell a quick story about, we had a two book deal with Ravel Publishing. We did. You reminded me of that. And they wanted two relational books, two parenting books. And then, then it came down, right. Two parenting books. And so we did the parenting book. Yeah, we did parenting with heart, yep. which it, it, we wouldn't say is the complete story, but it's enough. It was enough. It was Agreed. enough for us. Enough. <laughs> We didn't have anything left to say. Well, well, that's not true. You know that. You know, hey, you know that we didn't have didn't enough enough energy to do another book on yeah. parenting. But as something that has been sort of a burr in my saddle for you know ever and ever and ever is this addiction thing, uh, this addiction <laughs> reality, this this thing that is killing us, and yet we're we continue to commercialize uh, yeah. the products that kill us. 
So uh, we, we introduced that to the publisher, and they, they were, what, at first hesitant? Uh, resistant. Uh, resistant. Yeah, and didn't, didn't see it, really thought, why do we yeah. need another book on alcohol and drugs? Yeah. How would that help people? Yeah, and, they, they, and, they, that, and that is part of the problem. They saw it, oh, alcohol, drugs, and that's somewhere else, someplace yeah. else. But we start doing the numbers, and when we gave them the numbers, they thought, oh, and this is a cultural uh, death trap. Uh, this is something that's just affecting us everywhere at every place. They thought we need to do it. Yeah, because alcohol and drugs are a piece of addiction. Yeah, but they're a small piece. Yeah, when we talk and, about really what addiction. Yeah, is. and when we talk about the emotional relational cost in the, the next podcast, but but the, just numbers. Um, and I I believe with everything in me because of my experience that the numbers are minimized, and the way it's diagnosed is often it has to be uh, like really acute and obvious, almost like body evidence, like a person sick and in the hospital before it's really seen as addiction. Right. So with alcoholics, uh, people who have, you know, true substance abuse disorder, alcoholism, there are about 20 million. And in America. So we're in talking, America. these are, these we're are talking just about American America. statistics. Here. And in America, 100,000 people a year die from direct results of alcoholism. Yeah. Okay. There's 23.5 yeah. million Americans that are yeah. addicted and to that alcohol number, and illegal drugs, not not prescription drugs. Well, the illegal drugs, illegal drugs is is actually 15 million. Yes. Yeah. So we're talking, we're really talking about uh, you know 15 million plus 20 million. I minimize that number. So you got 35 million people just doing alcohol and illegal drugs. That does not even begin to account for the pharmaceutical industry, the anxiety medication, sleep aids that we know are addictive it takes two weeks for a person to become addicted to Xanax. Yeah, it, two weeks. Yeah. And doctors, tragically, up until really about three years ago when the whole nar- narcotics furor started and doctors had to change their ways, doctors were one of the major dispensers of yeah. addiction. Suppliers. Unint- I hate to say it that way, but, <laughs> yeah. but doctors accidentally have been one of the main suppliers of illness because of some ways their illness, which we'll talk about later too, yeah. they have, uh, a, we'll call it an illness, an addictive influence to have to prescribe addictive substances or else they personally become threatened we'll lose all with not patients. doing their job. Yeah. yeah. So with the pharmaceutical industry, you're the one that told me, uh, was it 2017, 287 million prescriptions for the top three antidepressants were written. Now, antidepressants are not addictive. No. But... We're talking they're also about, not curative. No, well, and there's a lot more evidence to suggest they're not curative. But, but doctors were fooled by the pharmaceutical industry related to narcotics, and because they didn't have the time to know differently in so many ways in their own research, they had to take the information and run. They always pronounced that if a person was using a narcotic and they were using it for medical reasons, post-surgical reasons, then they could not become addicted. That's insane, Stephen. Uh, I remember working with a guy in my counseling office who's dying of cancer, and his treatment for cancer was super painful, right? And so he was he was on an opioid. Most of the stuff we worked on in therapy, like in the initial phases of his treatment, yeah. were not his death. Where was, okay, how do I get off this drug? Yeah. How do I deal with my withdrawals? How do I? Yeah. How do I end up dying while being present in yeah. my life? And his withdrawal symptoms from the opioids were more painful than the cancer treatment. Yes. And now we have, uh, which we'll t- also talk about later. We're talking about all these things we're going to talk about later. Things, yeah. But the, the Suboxone treatment now is, is kind of like a reflective of the old heroin 
treatment. Yeah. We use methadone. We addict yeah. people to methadone to get them off heroin. Well, now we've got a new form of treating narcotics for the masses. We addict people to Suboxone in the name of withdrawing them slowly. But the percentage of people being withdrawn from Suboxone um, is very low. Very it's a low. promise without... A yeah. result in a lot so of ways. So we've got 23 million people in America addicted to alcohol and illegal drugs. We've got 2 million addicted to prescription drugs. At, li- uh, at oh, least. Oh, at least. And Stephen, it, it's, it, it, it has to be because, uh, was it 90, 90 million people a year are diagnosed with some form of anxiety, disorder, difficulty, some type of symptomatic. Most of those people are going to a physician. Yeah, and, like and, not a psychiatrist or yeah. right, and physicians are prescribing help, and some of those people uh, become addicted. Uh, from I mean, I've treated clonopin addiction, Xanax mm-hmm. addiction, sleep aid addiction. I've treated Nyquil sleep aid mm-hmm. addiction. I've treated and this is crazy. I've even treated whiteout addiction, like people, sniffing whiteout. Sniffing, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just saying, when a person doesn't doesn't know what to do with what's happening below their foreheads and above their belts in the heart of who they are, the chances are whatever they, 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 they're given to run from having to feel becomes an addictive process. And then we've got almost 40 million people in America addicted to pornography. And uh, yeah, so we got 40 million. 38.7 okay, is yeah. our number. But 40 yeah. plus 35 illegal drugs yeah. and, and alcohol. 35 and 40, 75 million. Plus gambling. Gambling 10 is million. 10 million. So yeah. that's that's 85 million. Yeah, and then you have other, like just obvious process addictions. And we'll talk about process and chemical addiction. Yeah, but we, an eating disorder would be a process addiction. Yes. And, right? And, and, that's 8 million. Yes. And we talk about work addiction, which is a very real thing. A lot of yeah. family members will abandon their, 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 their best for their families in the name of staying active to keep from feeling dependent or fear. Or, so just that list... Is, cosmetic addiction oh cosmetic surgery addiction oh my god yeah. we all seen those people yeah. or might be those people and it's not in the book but tattoo addiction is another one too <laughs> believe it or not there's a mood altering experience that yeah, of, of, of tattoo preoccupation yeah. so we're, we're like about 85 90 million easy easy yeah right and so easy. in 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 active addiction in active addiction and most people are sort of subtly pacified or trained to believe that it's not actually something out of their control. Right. Something they really can't help yeah. doing. Yeah. And so a so hundred million. they moralize it and they shame it or they the, give up or they social. Yeah. Make Think what would happen if there were a hundred million, well, since this is a timely. Yeah, with COVID. Yeah. A hundred million people with flu. A hundred million people at one moment suffering from uh, some form of lymphoma. I mean, the outrage the cry out, the um, the anxiety disorders that would be flying out of that and depressive disorders. So it would expose how unrooted we are in terms of how we're made and how we're made to live too. Well, and, you, and you, so, so we've got, we've sadly, like, because people in addiction are like some of, some of the most in pain people in the world. Pain's real. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not phantom. conservatively, Every one in active addiction is directly affecting at least three people who are also in pain because of the person in addiction. Yes, which we'll talk about. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we're talking about like the pandemic, the emotional, spiritual, psychological, and physical effects of addiction yeah. in America yeah. is well over 100 million people right now. Well over. And then if you talk about three people 
uh, that, that the emotional relational cost, three people per addict are, dom- are, are detrimentally affected on an emotional, spiritual, and relational level, yeah. which means they're set up more prime for addiction for an addiction. Then you take three, the minimal number times, let's just say 90 million yep. people are at active addiction. Stephen, so, that's, that's the population of the United States yeah. minus children under 10. Right. That, that's so, a pandemic. Yeah. Now, how can... It's more than a pandemic. Yeah. How, <laughs> this is, it, is a, it is an acute crisis. It's more akin to the Black Plague than it's akin to COVID. Right. Okay. It so, makes COVID look like a child's game. Yes. What's amazing about that is that addiction has, regardless of its flavor... You know, Baskin Robbins always had what thirty two thirty one flavors. flavors. Well, addiction has as many flavors as a a, a crayon box. What is one hundred sixty four crayons yeah. or something? So, <laughs> there is many addictions, symptomatic expressions as there are. You know, the most crayons you can possibly have in a box, yeah. right? Because humans are incredibly yeah. creative, and addictions incredibly effective. Yes, it works. Like it works. That's why it makes it a problem. Yes. it actually works. And and the amazing thing is that, but it comes out of a core. Just like the, the all the crayons come out of the core three primary colors, you know. Yeah. What is it? Red, yellow, oh, uh, and blue. Red, red, blue, yellow. Red. Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so the three primary colors, but still, is there's a core factor. There's a core influence, and that thing is also ignored because we keep trying to heal addiction through means that ultimately don't work, and it turns out that the core, the significant core of what causes, I put that in quote marks causes addiction is not knowing what to do with what we feel yeah and it's a feelings disorder yeah and and we our culture in the american culture we treat it primarily as we want to talk about it as a uh physiological illness which it is which it is but what makes addiction so hard to deal with is that before it's a physiological illness most of the time it's emotional it's spiritual, yeah. it's psychological, and it's physiological. And then after a person's addiction is arrested, which we call abstinence, right. I mean, they've, the person's acknowledged they have a problem, and so abstinence is required. Withdrawal from the thing so that they can, you know, We didn't wake, even mention sugar addiction. We, oh, gosh. we oh, oh, my goodness. Carb addicts, yeah. But in carbs, you know, like you, you take a carb into your, your brain, it, it goes and past. Have you ever the, gone off sugar? Yes. The headaches I yeah, get? Yeah, it goes past the, the blood brain barrier in seconds. Make me irritable, restless, and discontent. Yes, just like dipping, dipping a skull. Oh, God. I mean, it goes, past the, it goes through the blood brain barrier in seconds as fast as cocaine. Yeah. So will uh, potato chips. Yeah. <laughs> sugar, sugar hits. But, my, but, the, but the point is that when a, before a person becomes addicted, they're having emotional struggle, not knowing what to do with emotions because of ignorance, denial, and so on, or being raised around addiction. And, we'll, yeah. and then after abstinence, they're same problem. So now if, I have it, to learn what to it, do. Exactly. If that second problem, which was the initial problem, isn't addressed, what's the option? Yeah. Find another addiction. We'll talk a lot more about how addiction works in another episode of this podcast, but no one starts out to to use a substance or a process no. or behavior Mm-mm. to try to harm themselves or the people they love. They're no. just trying to feel better for a minute. They're no. just trying to feel human for yes, a minute. It's, it's safe. It is the the it's an action of creation. We're created to experience what the neuro, neuroscientists tell us now, 
We're created to experience social connection, to experience social contentment. Yeah. So love. in other words, there is a, Security there, yes, love. There's yeah. a relational brain that is demanding to feel safe and comfort and a sense of peace, uh, security, a place to return, a safe place, sanctuary. I mean, the brain commands us to seek it and find mm-hmm. it. And if we and don't, by brain you mean the organ of the brain, not the thinking I mean, mind. I mean, the, talking about yeah, the, the literal the, brain, the organ that functions in the body. Yes, yes. and yeah. it turns out that the seat of addiction is in what we call the limbic brain. Yeah, not in the frontal lobe brain, Which not is in the, the cerebral thinking part. brain. Yes, but the limbic brain is the attachment brain, the feeling brain, the dreaming brain. It's the seat of long-term memories. It's the place that is frozen when trauma hits. And guess where all addiction. Uh, predominantly uh, uh, affects the area that it mostly affects. And the, the uh, most addictive substances predominantly affect the limbic system, the, the, the feeling center, whether it's even running addiction, which is not a substance, or love addiction. I was talking to an uh, exercise addict this week. He cannot not exercise. Yes. Like, even if it hurts him. He, oh, he can't. can't. He, he, he will run on it's a... Only, on a it's his only thing I have. He'll run on a broken better. foot. Yeah. Absolutely. No, he has run on a broken yeah, exactly. foot. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to read two paragraphs as we wrap up this, this episode, um, this special episode of the podcast using the book Hope in the Age of Addiction by Dr. Chip Dodd and Stephen James. Are you being serious? I'm being funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, as we wrap this <laughs> I mean, are you doing a, a cut version? I'm, do, I'm doing a radio, radio, my radio voice. Okay. I'm going to read two paragraphs that kind of end the, uh, our, the first chapter in our book about addiction and about the pandemic. And I, I want you to respond to these, okay? Okay. The addiction pandemic is an emotional, spiritual, and relational crisis of massive proportions. We are in the midst of a pandemic that is symptomatically destructively affects our minds hearts and bodies it has infected our families our friends and our neighbors it's eroding our ethics our morality our culture and our economy it threatens to shed the woven fabric that connects us all to ourselves to one another and to god no matter how much we attempt to address our personal family community national and global problems without dealing with addiction we will fail as we individually accept a responsibility for our addictions, we can all be part of the solution for the addiction pandemic of our age. We can return our hearts to the God who desires to know us for what we cannot do for ourselves. That, you know, even as you read that, uh, I hear it as if we didn't write it. Right. And it's so profound. I, I just sit still and almost want to begin to weep, like lament, mm-hmm. like, wh- where are we? Where are we? Because we're we're at we're at risk, tremendous risk. And what's amazing is, you know, um, I did the book, The Voice of the Heart. You know, thousand years ago now, <laughs> you you yeah. artfully edited that book. That's where we met, and um, that book taught and talked about what we avoid and the solution to our avoidance, and that feelings are not our enemy, but we live in a culture that will do anything to avoid them. I mean, the eight feelings, uh, gladness, sadness, anger, guilt, loneliness, fear, shame, and hurt are the reasons we run away. And the answers, the beginnings of the answers to almost all of our problems is to face that you and I are created as emotional and spiritual creatures, heart and souls, created to do one thing in life. We're not self-made. We're made a certain way and we're created to live fully. And living fully really does mean living completely and utterly 
from the ground up in relationship with ourselves, others, and God. We cannot help. In, in all the good and in all the hard. In all the good and all the hard. We yeah. stick together. We absolutely do. And we're created that way. And either we, we run from it, which ends up in addiction. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or we stand in it and find a way to find what addiction is doing for us in a genuine and pure fashion. Mm. I mean, from the very beginning, we've been using our frontal lobes, our brains to hide out instead of using our brains how, how they were created to cry out. Mm. And I know that survival is a, a, a demand to scurry around like rats, but how we were created was to stand and thrive like human beings who have been touched by God. Mm. Thanks, Chip. Thank you, Stephen. This podcast is brought to you by Sage Hill, a social impact organization. Our mission is to help people be who they're made to be so that they can do what they're made to do. Find more resources to live fully, love deeply, and lead well at sagehillresources.com. 